You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Healthy alive. Enjoyed a wonderful rainstorm yesterday. Uh, well, I guess it was early this morning, but yeah, it was really nice. You know what I always liked? I always liked the rainstorms on those metal roofs. Yeah. Uh, a good steady rain, maybe some rolling thunder. You know, that's pretty nice, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I it's funny because I, I've gotten into these. Um, I, I took some suggestions. I know I know you don't do YouTube, but I took some suggestions, you know, like the, how they recommend videos and stuff. And mm-hmm. they've been recommending these um, ambient rain and like storm mm-hmm. things. But they'll put like that on the screen. It'll put you in a scene of, you know, like a bedroom or a living room with like a fire and all that stuff. And outside, like the rain will be hitting the window and uh, it'll sound like it sounds like they clipped it from a metal roof and yeah. like the rain that actually hits it because, I mean, that would make sense that, you know, that's that's kind of the yeah. sound you want. But uh, that's that's what it sounds like. And believe it or not, it's actually it's really relaxing. If you're laying there in like a um, like a dark living room and you turn that on, it's uh, it's quite relaxing, I have to say. It's a nice uh, nice wind down to the end of the day. But uh, that's uh, that's what I do. However, uh, you know, the view there out of my office window is uh, is is much nicer, I have to say. <laughs> right. So, all right. Um, we talked yesterday a little bit about uh, COVID stuff and and all that crap that's going on with it. But we we can't really get too far away from it. Supreme Court pick is coming. Uh, we, we can't get away from these um, these topics that seem to be taking the forefront. Now we're back to the Supreme Court. Everything in the news today seems to be about the Supreme Court. So let's talk about the Supreme Court. Pick is coming on Friday or Saturday, correct? I think I saw something. Yeah. Trump said that the Supreme Court that the Supreme Court pick to be announced on Saturday at the White House. Okay, so it's going to be on Saturday. Uh, Saturday. Okay. Yeah, Saturday. Trump tweeted this morning that he'll announce his choice for Supreme Court on Saturday. Uh, the president added exact time to be announced. He vowed to announce the pick a or pick for the high court promptly. The seat was vacated on the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died Friday at the age of 87 following cancer complications. Trump on Monday reiterated during a campaign rally he will nominate a woman to the high court. Okay, so right now the front runner I think is. Uh, what's her name? Co- uh, not um, A- Amy Barrett. Amy Bar- Amy Coney Barrett. That's the one. So she was mm-hmm. the one that uh, she worked for Scalia. Is that is that right? Yeah. Yeah. She was like a yeah whatever okay. intern or whatever that yeah, it was for, for him. legal assistant something like that. Yeah. But something, anyway, okay. Something so like that. she was involved with his uh, with his tenure there on the Supreme Court. Okay. But they're going to do this big funeral thing, and Ginsburg's going to be out there. And I, I mean, I'm surprised they're not going to cart her all over the country. You know, have like a, a traveling parade all the way around the interstate system. Who knows? But um, they're going to have a, a big showboating thing of it. Uh, she's going to be out there idolized like uh, Stalin or Lenin or, or one of these people. That's what it's going to be like. I mean, seriously, if you look at the way that they were uh, memorialized, if you will, it was the same way. It was the same way. They're out there on the you know the public stage for them to see, for people to reflect. That's what happens in communist countries when the leader dies or the the party official dies. There's a grand funeral and everyone can take part and it's 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 for the people and and everyone gather and celebrate and do all this. And that's what it's going to be. It's going to be liberals out there throwing uh, throwing flowers around, draping over the coffin, crying. Uh, and it's going to be a big media spectacle. That's what it's going to turn into. Uh, did you see the video of the woman in the car? It's circulating. I did. Yeah. She uh, went quite ballistic, quite quite hysterical about um, RBG dying, basically saying that, um, well, there was a lot of expletives in there, but... Um, yeah, we can't play it. Saying that, yeah, saying that uh, you all you had to do was hold off until 2021. And it's like that, how disrespectful. Seriously. I mean... It's a it's a human life, and you're just using them for your political games. Well, I, as soon as I saw the video, I thought. I mean, she was like, she was literally a screaming hysteric. She was all over the place t- talking yeah. about how, um, you know, oh, I can't believe she just died. I can't. I just got a. I just got a thing. Ruth Bader Ginsburg just died, and I'm like, uh, okay, uh, la- lady, it's it's got nothing to do with you. Like, like seriously, what if 
okay, when Antonin Scalia passed, okay, he was one of my favorite Supreme Court justices next to Clarence Thomas. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. when he passed, when he when he um, when he died with the pillow that was over his face. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, and he was cremated within twelve hours. I'm sorry. There's a there's a problem uh, there. It, it does sound fishy. It really yeah. did sound fishy. Yeah. So not, nonetheless, different without podcast. an autopsy. Yeah, no autopsy. Nothing to see here. It, we we couldn't have that. Okay. So yeah, moving along. When that happened, I didn't freak out. Do you know why? Because explain to me. Okay, I, any judge. I don't care if it's if it's Scalia or or uh, Ginsburg or whoever. Right? It doesn't matter. But one one judge on a court somewhere. I don't care if it's the highest court in the land or if it's the 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 guy down the street who's who's the judge in your small town of I don't know four or five hundred people. What does that have to do with how you react to to something in your life? You're, you're out there. You're you're on the road. You get a notification on your phone because the news travels like wildfire and you get notified that a Supreme Court justice just passed and you're freaking out about it. You talk about hysteria. Mass hysteria. I'm surprised the woman didn't have a mask on, to be fair. She was in a car by herself. If she's freaking out like that, then she has to be one of these um, mask fanatics. We're going to talk about some of those today. Those, that's going to be interesting. This has nothing to do with someone on an individual level. So the amount of hysterics that are involved here, it, it's beyond reproach. It, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And to be honest with you, when I saw it, I thought it, it's a popular video. I think she's got something like a couple of million hits on TikTok or something. It's a popular video. But the thing that I that I noticed about it was, OK, is this lady putting on an act or is she being serious? Is she being serious? Like, is this, is this where people are? Are people this far gone? Like, that's that's what I'm asking myself. Are people this far gone? Do you, do you think that this was real? Do you think that that this was a a, um, a show, you know, just like a, a showboating kind of thing? If it was real, then I would say that she's probably a professor somewhere at a university. That's my that's my guess. Uh, but if it's not, then she's just going at it for the hits on TikTok. What, what do you think? Do you think it was real? or Do you think it was fake? Both. So. I think there was some like, actually, that's tough to say whether it was real or fake, because I know the left are so emotional, like emotionally driven that it very well could be that she was that deranged. But at the same time, I know TikTok and and the different platforms, they encourage that kind of behavior because it gets a lot of clicks. It gets a lot of views. It gets shared a lot. So uh, I, I, I don't know. It's tough to say whether it was true or false, but I would I would probably err on the side of the the reaction was false, like the how emotional it was. But the gist of what she was saying was true, like she really believed. So it was it was a little bit of an act, but it was real at the same time. But the thing is, is we're seeing this from like not just those types, right? The, the, the crazy loons out there. We're also we're also seeing rhetoric coming from people like AOC talking about radicalizing and honestly calling for revolution more or less i mean like if you listen to the wordage it is she's not directly calling for more violence and more but the wordage they use is double speak and for people that are activists shall we say they understand what's being said we 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 heard it in the dsa meetings right talking about how bernie sanders isn't extreme enough but he's a politician and in the people's eyes so he can't do that so when he talks about stuff, we know what he means, right? As as the activist, we we get it, but he can't bluntly say it. It's, it's the same no, thing with AOC. Yeah, it's like when we talked about the uh, when we did our, our thing on the structure of socialism, Bernie's an open socialist. He's an open socialist. He says, I'm a democratic socialist, which that means you're a socialist. He can't be seen with the the concealed work, meaning the underground radicalization. He's the piece that they put out there. To, to show he can take the hit for the policy out there publicly. This is why Bernie's not out there advocating for any of the, the violence in the streets. Have you noticed that he, he's not right. he's keeping himself distance from that because in the party's eyes, in the party's eyes with with that kind of work and the, the type of individual that he serves for in that movement, it's not useful for him to be involved with that. So they have to keep it separate. They're distinct, but they work closely together. Those two branches of a socialist movement, rather that is uh, the concealed work or the open work. Bernie's an example of the open work. The concealed work is this is kind of the uh, the line I think you're you're hinting at here, which is the the radicalization and uh, the extremist wings, and that they're they're trying to radicalize people and the ones that are like the AOC. AOC even says, and we can I think you're kind of alluding to her uh, her Instagram video she put out. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also 
with with me saying uh, uh, activists, organizers, community organizers, those types, that's literally meaning they're the ones that are out there rioting or ginning up the riots or planning the riots or helping organize it, right? That's what we know in, in, in the past. That's what they call themselves. Uh, they do. And uh, here's what AOC is saying. Now, this is a this is a long video. OK, she put out a 41 minute video on Instagram. Long video. Uh, we're not going to go through it all, but I tell you what, we're, we're going to we just realized it was 41 minutes. So we're going to go through it tomorrow. We're just going to uh, take out uh, the, the parts that we're going to quote here. We have her actual quotes, uh, but we will be going through that tomorrow. But she's speaking in this to her uh, her followers. She said, let this moment radicalize you. She's speaking of of Ginsburg's death. Now, why would she be wanting people to be radicalized over a death of a Supreme Court justice? Makes no sense that that doesn't that doesn't fit. I mean, what what does the death of a Supreme Court justice have to do that? It goes to a larger issue down the line, which we're going to talk about that in a minute. Let this moment really put everything into stark focus, because this election has always been about the fight of and for our lives. Well, she's not wrong there. She's not wrong. But you have to understand the context that she's speaking out when she says that it's it's always been about the fight of and for our lives. She's speaking not of her life in a literal sense. She's speaking of her life in a political sense. The ideology that she represents that she doesn't. Has she said that she's a socialist? Has she actually said that? Actually, I'm not sure. I know she's been buddy buddy with I mean, like we, Bernie and whatnot. Yeah, and we know that she is. Yeah, we, so we know that she is. She, yeah. But whether or not has she actually it, said I don't know. Has she actually said it? I don't I haven't heard her say it, yet, but OK, uh, but when she's talking about this, she's talking about her political life. OK, under the Euro, excuse me, under the U.S. system, under our constitutional republic, this kind of behavior is illegal. When you're openly advocating to overthrow the United States government, then I'm sorry, uh, that's that's sedition and that's that's treason. That's what makes it illegal. But go ahead. She did say she's socialist, she did. by the way. OK, she did. Yeah. OK. All right. I'm, I must have missed that one. Um, she says, and if anything, tonight is making that more clear to more people than ever before. Uh, I think it's making it more clear to people that are not already radicalized. Yeah. OK, fine. I, I can see that. But it's also making it clear to people that are not on that uh the extremist wing, shall we say. So this this is another step in her taking off the mask, putting herself out there in in what she's promoting as uh, a just cause. OK, but to what end? Voting for Joe Biden is not about whether you agree with him. Um, why not? I mean, I, I, I want to agree with the president that I'm voting or the, you know, the candidate that I'm voting for. Don't you? I mean, that makes the most sense. If you don't agree with somebody, then why would you vote for them? I mean, I have to look at policy, right? So if I don't agree with them on policy, if I don't agree with them on their standpoint, then why would I vote for them? No, you're supposed to look at their color and their gender. Oh, yes. Identity politics. Yeah. OK. Uh, yeah, you're right. She's, yeah. she's on identity policy. It's a vote to let our democracy live another day. We are not a democracy. We need to act in solidarity and protection for the most vulnerable people in our society who have already experienced the violent repercussions of this administration. Best job numbers ever. Jobs are coming back from foreign countries. Obama gave the jobs away. Bush gave the jobs away. Clinton gave the jobs away. How is bringing them back experiencing violent repercussions? How, how is that? <laughs> who was the first to lock down all the nation? Like of all the nations, who was the first one to lock down America for COVID-19 nonsense? Right. Who was the first to create a fund to uh, back these vaccine developments? America. Who was the first really in leading on tests and trying to you know, help their people in this. Again, America. So I don't know, kind of seems like everything that's been thrown at this president so far, he's done a fairly good job at, uh, you know, some better than others, but all around, I think he's done a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah. But when she's talking here about uh, the most vulnerable people in our society who have already experienced the violent repercussions of this administration. Mm -hmm. uh, OK, well, I'll tell you what comes to mind when I hear that most vulnerable people. OK, when they talk about vulnerable people in her language, she's speaking. I'm, I'm taking something from the Green New Deal here because it was her bill. Frontline and vulnerable communities. Um, I, I, th I think I remember. I think I remember yeah. more or less what the groups. It are. was. 
It was basically um, deindustrialized communities. It was um, people of color and uh, indigenous peoples. Indigenous. And yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So it was that the, the homeless, or excuse me, the unhoused, I think. Uh, and that, okay. Now, when she says that they've experienced violent repercussions of this administration, uh, does that include the blue states that locked down that had the riots? Does that include that? Because if you look at New York, you look at uh, California, you look at Oregon, you look at Washington, you look at uh, Chicago or, well, Illinois, you, you look at these states. I, I'm pretty sure those are all blue states, right? Unless I'm mistaken. And and they had extended lockdowns. Uh, M- Minnesota in there as well. Michigan, you know, Detroit. These are all blue states. OK, democratically controlled states. These states locked down. They're continuing to lock down and they're going to lock down again. Where have the riots happened? You talk about violent repercussions. That's not Trump's. That You can't pin that on Trump. You can't put those riots on Trump. No, no. See, you're missing it. This is Trump's America. Oh, OK. All right. All right. Yeah. My, my mistake. Yeah, my mistake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need to focus on voting for Joe Biden. I don't care if you like him or not. I mean, I really don't like Trump. All right. So, all right. Fine. You know, I'll, I'll go there. I'll, I'll bite on that one. Uh, well, I'll go a step further and say, I don't like Trump as a person, but his policies he's put forward in most cases have actually been pretty good or at least decent for America in most most cases. cases. Now, can you say the same about Biden? I was talking to someone that's on the left that I I asked them, I said, you know, you're, you're voting for Biden. So why? You know, you don't like Trump. Why are you voting for Biden? Like, what policy is it that you like? They, they told me they had to look into it. They had to look into it. Yeah, they did. They didn't. They didn't have one. It was just an. Okay, right, hold on a second. You're you're voting for some. I, I love those people. Uh, who'd you vote for? Uh, Obama. Why? I don't know. Did you know? I, black dude. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know why I voted for him. <laughs> Half black dude, actually, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I actually heard him described by somebody as a liberal white woman from Hawaii. That's I heard that I heard him <laughs> described as that because that's how he behaved. That's how he behaved. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so she goes on. Basically, this is all about the Supreme Court. Okay, this kind of vacancy is kind of tipping points. The difference between people having reproductive. Okay, yeah, go on in with that nonsense. She goes on to talk about healthcare and climate change and yeah, all that stuff. They just don't want Roe v. Wade overturned. That's what it all comes down to. Yep. She says, I want to make one thing clear. Only one. Only one in a 41 minute video. You only want to make one thing clear. We can and must fight. Don't you love how they're flipping all this back on itself? This is what the conservatives that are doing nothing in the U.S. right now should be doing. Our first number one priority is to do everything possible to secure electoral college victory in November. Uh, Lady, you're not going to secure the electoral vote. That's why you're pushing for voting by mail. That's not going to happen. This is the fight of and for our lives. Okay, we explained why that is. That has always been true, and it becomes more true each day. Oh, yes, it does. It does. (laughs) I have to agree with you there. Because historically, people like this, they don't win. They don't win. They they might for a time, for a time, but it's a very small amount of time. They win the battle, but not the war. They don't win that war. They never do. But anyway, okay, so yeah, she goes on about that. Okay, now why is she saying all this? Why is she saying all this? Now they're going to try and push that up a little bit, aren't they? See, the violence was supposed to take place around the election, but that now they need to move that timetable up. Now they have a reason to do it. So Ginsburg dies. This vacancy gets filled. They're going to riot. They are going to riot, especially. I mean, hello. You know, they're putting a woman on the Supreme Court. Trump's already said it's going to be a woman, but it's going to be <laughs> the ultimate sin to them. It's going to be a conservative woman. <laughs> and they can't. That's what's going to be fun. That's what's yeah. going to be fun, because they're yeah. going to play identity politics. We can throw that back in their face and say, you're voting against a woman. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? At the same time, you know, I, I look at this and I think to myself, I just I still cringe because it's Roberts, the Supreme Court. You know what I mean? It's like you you turncoat SOB. <laughs> he's done. He's done nothing. You know, I love how the Associated Press comes out and they talk about how Ginsburg was basically a conservative, yet. Roberts is more of a conservative than Ginsburg has ever been. And Roberts has sided with the left on the court the whole time. You know what I mean? It's like, it's crazy. But they're pledging violence. They're pledging violence through all this. Why would you burn... Why would you burn a country down for a Supreme Court pick? That, that's what they're going to do. They're, they're going to burn the country down for all this. And I mean, if you think that election uh, election violence is coming, they're, they're going to push ahead on this one. What's, what's your thoughts on them burning the country down for this? Because they, they already say they're going to riot. They're, they're going to riot one it's way or the just, other. It's so stupid. Like, hey, you, you see the building over here that's already burning down or, you know, the, the city that's already burning down and in an upheaval. Yeah, we're going to riot and, and destroy the city again. Like, really? You're already destroying all the blue cities to begin with. 
I, I, I don't know. Are you going to move into the red cities? That's going to that's going to be poor for you. I mean, it might be entertaining watching you get shot by tear gas and rubber bullets, but it's going to be bad. You know, I don't know. It, it's stupid. They're they're threatening something they're already doing. So it, it's kind of like, don't don't you kind of lose your uh, your your, you know, bargaining power, if you will? They do. But I don't I don't think they care like they just they're not even trying to hide it at this point. Like they're just they're out there like they're um, their hind end is flapping in the breeze. I mean, that's that's really what it is. They, they just don't care anymore. And honestly, I think that Trump behaving the way that he is about it and the way that the Senate's going forward with it, the Senate says they're going to vote for it. They have to because a lot of them are up for reelection, aren't they? Even Mitt Romney, yeah. Mitt Romney, Mittens Romney. OK, the, the failed the failed presidential candidate who who couldn't make it. He's gone back to the Senate um, and he is he's saying that he's in favor of it. He's he's on board with it. I thought of all things that he was going to, you, you know, if this wasn't if this wasn't an election year for him, then he would be voting against it. Oh, yeah. That, right. He'd be against it. Oh, yeah. absolutely. He would be. Mitt Romney supports holding a vote on Trump's Supreme Court pick this year. Uh, Senator Mitt Romney said he will support uh, holding a vote. Uh, let me see on the nominee. His position all but assures Republicans can move forward with filling the vacancy during an election year. So did you know this? All right. The you know how they do the confirmation hearing and they, you know, go through and vet the, the person and do all that. You know, that's yeah. actually not constitutional. That's not required. Literally, all that's required based on the Constitution is the president to put forward the nominee and they vote on it. That's it. There doesn't have to be a um, this dragging people through the mud like they did with Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. That's actually not constitutional. I mean, it's it, they can do it, obviously, but it's not it's not needed based on the Constitution. So if they really wanted to be stinkers about it, Trump could say, all right, here's a nominee. Now vote on it and not do the whole proceedings. You know, those proceedings, I, I don't think it would be good. I don't, I don't no. think it would be good in the public eye. I think they should do the proceedings because if the Dems try to pull any kind of BS, um, Especially if the riots kick up even more, oh, it is—they're going to get destroyed in the in the in the election. See, this is just it. Like Pelosi's come out and she said that uh, the House has uh, uh, arrows in their quiver if Trump tries to appoint somebody. Uh, lady, that's you going to impeach job. him again? Yeah, th- that's what they've said. That's what they've said. They said that the, they're probably going to impeach him again if he uh, appoints. Okay, if you impeach Trump again over that, do, do you know what's going to happen? Like, it will be a landslide at that point. Like we're we're kind of we're kind of wondering whether or not this is even going to be a landslide. If if you impeach Trump again on that, that will be. The, see, the Dems are in a they're in a catch twenty two. They can't do anything. They no. they aren't going to be able to stop this at all. And nope. they are scrambling to try and stop all this. But they're coming back saying that they're possibly going to pack the Supreme Court. You know, you mentioned the other day that FDR tried to do this under the New Deal. Do you know who shot him down on packing the Supreme Court back then? It was the Democrat Party that shot him down. It was his own party that shot him down trying to pack the court. I thought you were going to say RBG, but anyway. (laughs) Well, she was around. (laughs) Too soon, Uh, but you know. Yeah. The um, the, the point I was trying to make is, is that the Dems just say, well, we're just going to pack the court, which means they're going to put, fif- what, 15 on there? Yeah, 14, 15 on there. That's uh, what Buddha Judge has said. Yeah. If he was elected, so, that's what he would do. Uh, yeah. You know, I was listening to a compilation of some of the clips from uh, from Ginsburg. And, you know, I actually heard I heard a clip. One of the comments that she made in a clip was because the question posed to her was, do you think there needs to be more women on the Supreme Court? And she said, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she was a she was a radical, right? I mean, she, she was a radical and feminist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what she was. And she said that, um, yeah, there needs to be more women on the Supreme Court. And they said, how many women is enough? And she said, nine. What does that tell you? Yeah. Well, the other you, you bring up RBG again. Uh, she's also said in terms of packing the court in reference to that, nine seems to be a good number. It's been that way for a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was even against packing the court. And then she says, uh, I think it was a bad idea when President uh, Franklin Roosevelt tried to pack the court. Yeah, it was. I mean, just to get things through. I mean, but uh, at the end of it, it didn't really matter because all he did. I mean, he was he was the biggest thing we had or closest thing we had to a dictator next to probably Obama uh, under under a lot of things. I mean, there was more executive orders there. And then same thing with uh, with George Bush. Right. So not to exclude him, George Bush um, uh, Jr. So not, not so much senior, but junior. And I mean, Bush even said it. I remember him saying it. He said, this would be a lot easier if this was a dictatorship. And if I was the one doing the dictating, I, I remember him saying that. Yes. Uh, Mitt Romney, 
Mitt Romney is gonna uh, is is gonna jump on board with uh, with nominating this. And uh, what was it? I heard I heard a clip from uh, Lindsey Graham. He said the uh, he said back in 2016, front of the senatorial committee there, and he says if the next president gets a Supreme Court nominee at the end of his term, I will eat my words. <laughs> you can all, use my words against me, is what he said. And well, Lindsay, you probably shouldn't have said that. So, probably shouldn't yeah, have. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have said that. But at the same time, if you go back and you listen to all of the Dems back then from 2016, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Tim Kaine, uh, Chuck Schumer, the Nancy Pelosi, all the usual suspects, then it was the president has a duty. You must do this. And you know, this is how our process works. And even Bernie Sanders said, this is the way that our constitution works. <laughs> you know, you have to appoint somebody to the Supreme Court. You can't leave a nine seat court vacant. You can't put eight seats only on there. It has to be a ninth seat. Okay. They could have. They could. No, seriously. They, I, I would have rathered um, the president um, nominate someone and it go through the Senate and the Senate Obama. vote them down. Yeah. Obama. I would rather the Senate have voted them down just to show you precedent that he could have done thrown 20 candidates at them and the Senate voted all of them down. I would have been fine with that. Uh, the reason being is it proved the point. Instead of saying all these nonsensical stuff that they were saying, just have the vote and just show him that, look, you don't have the Senate, so you can't get anyone in here. And that was literally what some of the, the politicians at the time were saying, is that he doesn't have the Senate. It, it, it's a different party. We're not going to we're not going to vote in anybody that he nominates. And, uh, you know, he could have tried as he willed, but it wouldn't have gone through. And uh, in, in this case, now they have the Senate. The president literally I think this is this is something if he does not nominate someone and they don't turn out to be a good nominee and the Senate doesn't vote them in. This could be the end of the republic, literally the end of the republic, because if we get another liberal, that's another generation of a liberal. There's been rumors of of two of the like Thomas. He's talked about retiring. You know, there's been rumor of that. Oh, God, I hope not. Not not yet, Clarence. I know. Right? Not, not yet. Not, not, yet, not yet, Clarence. But you you are like the, the next to next to Alito. He is like the he's the the bulwark of of conservatism on the Supreme Court. Yeah. For God's sake, Clarence, you're my guy. Don't. Do not he's, retire he's like, yet. He's like a 3.9 out of four on, yeah. on the conservative for being conservative. Right. He's like a 3.9. So like the dude is as, about as, as conservative as you come. But I mean, if Trump wins again, do it, do it next year. Retire next year. Just hold out that long, because if we lose, if we lose the Supreme Court, that means these governors and these uh, politicians can pass bills that say you lose your, for example, ban assault weapons, quote unquote, assault weapons. An assault weapon to them is anything that holds more than 10 rounds. That bans almost every single handgun. Yes. I remember um, when I was living in Ohio, I was in uh, I was in Columbus, the city of Columbus, which isn't very big. It's just all the little outer lying areas like the suburbs that make Columbus a very big place. But the city of Columbus itself has an assault weapons ban. I'm doing the air quotes, which is exactly that 10 rounds. So if you have more than 10 rounds, like we wanted to go to a guns, a gun show on the other side of town. And we had to cross Columbus in order to get there. It was clear on the other side of town. But because we were carrying and we had more than 10 rounds, obviously, you know, it, it, you had you know, 13 round magazine, one in the chamber. And, you know, OK, so guess what? You're carrying an assault weapon. You can't drive through town. So we had to drive 30 minutes out of our way to get to the other side of town. We had to go all the way out and around uh, the city in order to get there. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. What? Because of three bullets, you know, four bullets, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you can't you can't take that to you can't take that to court and try to get it shot down. Because it violates the second. It'll go amendment to the honestly. Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah it violates it the second. It amendment. violates. But if you try to get it to the Supreme Court and they have a packed court or they have a court that's you know majority left, there's nothing you can do. They can pass all these bills. How are you going to fight it? You know that that is one of our lines of defense for the Constitution. There, there's nothing more you could really do unless the local you know your local state or, um, you know, sheriff or whatever, say, look, these are unconstitutional. We're not upholding these laws. Unless that happens, there's nothing you can do about it. Well, let's just hope that, uh, Clarence, I'm, I'm holding out for you, brother. Do not do. I know you want to retire. I get it. You know, you've been up there for quite a while. I get it. But just hang on for another year or two, possibly. Can we, can we just say hang on for four? 
All right, can, can we say hang on for four? <laughs> can you do that? Can you give us four more years and then and then uh, go, go enjoy your retirement? Can you do that? Nah, um, just, yeah. I mean, if he wants to retire next year, that's fine. But, you know, let us have one of your, um, you know, someone that you write off on, someone that you approve of. As the yeah, OK, yeah. Let's take somebody from his office like we're doing with uh, yeah. with with uh, Barrett. Right. Let's let's take somebody from yeah. his office. You know, who's Assuming who's his clerk? The same, you know, same cloth or or. Uh, you know. or Oh, or I tell you what, I would take this. I would take this nominee. If Clarence Thomas retires, I would take Ted Cruz on the Supreme Court. If Clarence Thomas goes, yeah. I would take Ted Cruz on the Supreme Court right now for sure. Uh, I I would. Yeah, I could I could agree with that. Might lose Texas a little bit in that, you know, because of the Senate. But. Yeah, but in the grand. Yeah, but they, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, when yeah. it comes down to the actual defense of the Constitution, because as you just stated at the state level, when you argue something to that point, it gets all the way up to there and he would be more useful up there. Yes. Uh, we can agreed. replace a Ted Cruz in Texas. That's not a problem. Yes. Yes. We actually have someone running that will potentially replace Ted Cruz in Texas next election cycle, I believe. 2022, I think, is when that election is up. Or no, it's governor. My bad. It's governor. Governor. Yeah. Which is 2022. Yeah. I suppose let's jump over into some COVID stuff. Not very much. We're not going to get too heavy into it. You wanted to talk about some money, right? Let's talk about the financial aspect of it. Some money that was um, spent a little um, little peculiarly in the state of Michigan under Governor Whitmer. Is that right? Well, it's not just her. It's also just Democratic governors in general and mayors oh. are, are doing this. Yeah. But they're using her as the example because she's the worst, um, which I, I thought, she sucks, by the way. I thought Whitmer Andrew Cuomo sucks. Was, was the worst. Oh, no. Cuomo, Cuomo is terrible, but... They're, they're, they're kind of head to head here, like, you know, neck and neck. Like, I don't know which one's worse because they both did the exact same things. The difference is, is Whitmer's covering up the the um, retirement home deaths a little bit more than Cuomo. So we actually don't know how many people died um, from that. It, it, it's estimated that up to 80 percent of the deaths in Michigan were from retirement homes. 80 percent. But we don't have the numbers. We can't prove that because there's no numbers. So anyway, uh, the CARES Act, which is the bailout, the COVID relief uh, fund and everything, right? $139 billion of that was to be earmarked for local governments. Uh, that was uh, state and local governments that was supposed to be used for public health. Uh, th- this this relief fund was $150 billion for the for all of it, but the $139 billion was specifically earmarked for health. Well, Gretchen Whitmer, uh, she decided to spend that money on free colleges. $24 million of the CARE Act money went to free colleges okay. for good some so- of good socialist essential agenda. workers. Good socialist yeah. agenda there. Essential workers. Okay. It's, well, hold on a minute. Essential workers get paid anyway. Well, see, th- this is a this is her quote. The initiative is Michigan's way of expressing gratitude to essential workers for protecting public health and keeping our state running. So it's now the state's responsibility to give them a bonus at their discretion. Well, I wow. mean- it, it fits the it fits the whole social credit scoring system that we were talking about, right? All the reward you have and a punishment dictator yeah. in place. Yeah, yeah the punishment and reward. You did you did what you were told. So here's your bonus. Here's your benefits. You get to go to school. Uh, you know, in this case, you get uh, free schooling. Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, um, St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter, um, a Democrat by the way, announced he's going to um, have a three hundred thousand dollar Care Act fund pilot. Universal Basic Income Project. Oh, so he's testing out Universal uh, UBI with uh-huh. uh, the taxpayer. Now, keep in mind, this is a federal bailout. This is a federal relief fund, meaning the United States citizens paid for this state and, in this case, the mayor's pet project. Now, this uh, this little plan that he's he's talking about doing will give 150 families in his city $500 a month. No strings attached. Do you know what this is? This is an expanded welfare state at the taxpayer expense. That's exactly what this is. It, it, you know, it'd be one thing if it was like at the taxpayer expense on the state level. If the state wanted to do the UBI or free college or any of those kind of things, fine. But do it with your own money. Don't do it with the the funds that are going towards military and, um, you know, trade and all that. You know, that's where those funds are supposed to be going on the federal level, not this other, not your pet projects. Um, I mean, the uh, Honolulu mayor, Kirk Caldwell, spending 
630000 from the CARE Act to hire more than a dozen community relations specialists. Uh-huh. And, and another the, $200,000. These are the social yeah. workers that were... Uh, yeah. That we hear all about, oh, we're going to cut back on the police funding, so we're going to offset it with social workers. And then they're they're spending another $200,000 to pressure wash sidewalks in one part of his city. Uh, that seems, isn't isn't you know, the Department related. of Public Works supposed to handle that? I mean, or Department of Sanitation? That would make the most sense, I would think. You would think. Uh, let me see. It goes down to say here, uh, let me see, St. Paul's, okay, uh, they're saying that this is an irresponsible use of federal funds. Uh, the Conservative Heritage Foundation uh, says that this is a irresponsible use of federal funds, could lead to higher taxes for residents, citing federal support that the state budget receives uh, following the Great Recession. State and local bailouts create an incentive for state and local leaders to expand existing programs beyond sustainable levels, add new programs, and simultaneously underfund those programs in hopes for further federal support. D- look, the Governor Cuomo came out, and, and same thing with de Blasio. De Blasio's having to—did you see that the city officials up there are being furloughed now? The city workers are being furloughed because they don't have any money to pay them. Their, their garbage policies— and I'm not talking about the actual trash up there. They're garbage policies that are keeping that state shut down and that city shut down and causing the, the populace to flee. They don't have any money coming in. How are you supposed to pay these people? How on earth are you supposed to pay these people? You can't. You cannot. So they're having to furlough them. At the same time, they're going to Trump asking for a federal bailout. I'm sorry. The federal government does not bail out states. We don't bail out states. You go bust. That's your problem. And you know something? All the people that, that people say, oh, well, our pensions are involved in that. Uh, you continue to elect these people. I'm sorry. What, what do you want me to say? Now, if it would happen in my state, then guess what? I'd be on the hook for that. I wouldn't expect, I don't know, uh, Colorado or Oklahoma or Texas to come along and bail me out. GP, you're in California. Nice to see you, by the way. You're in California. OK, yes. I, I understand that you guys have a bit of a monetary problem out there when it comes to or excuse me, a bit of a funding problem when it comes to monetary issues out there uh, as far as mm-hmm. allocating money and, and misuse of funds and stuff like that. If the state itself, yes. which you're I think you're two trillion in the hole now, if the state itself that all? goes Yeah, that's all. If the state itself goes bankrupt, if you go bust Mm -hmm. in that state, okay, if you need a bailout, guess what? I'm from Ohio. I I got nothing against the citizens of California, such as yourself. But you know something? Mm -hmm. That's not my problem. I I don't mean any disrespect by that. That's California's problem. Same thing as if it were to happen to my state. Exactly. California doesn't need to be coming to the aid of Ohio to bail us out if we go bust. All right. That's our problem. So, right. uh, again, we, we shouldn't be doling out any federal money to any of this nonsense. It should be the states supporting the states. If you look at a lot of the states that like the red states, I'm going to say, if you look at the red states that are open back up and that are that are doing commerce and doing business now and not following this garbage. Guess what? Their numbers are up. Their economies are up. Their their employment's bouncing back. This is completely contradictory to what you're hearing on places like CNN. CNN is saying the opposite of that. I, I got a phone call from somebody. Last week from Boston that I've known for going on uh, 15 years. And they said, oh, man, I tell you what, these 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 red states, man, they're just not doing what they're uh, what they're told. And and boy, it really shows. And, And they're they're falling. They're falling hard. The blue states, man, we're doing just fine. We're doing great. And and I just sat there for a second. I mean, I was quiet. I was dead quiet on the other end of the line. And I said, you can't be serious. You, you can't be. Ser- you're, you're, you're pulling my leg, right? You're, you're not you're not being serious. You can't be. And they were. They were. This is what happens when you sit there and you watch the mainstream media day after day after day, hour after hour. You get indoctrinated into that nonsense and you don't know anything different. You lose all bearing on reality because they rewrite it right in front of your face. But we don't need to be spending federal dollars at the state level doesn't need to happen. The states need to be responsible for themselves. Locales need to be responsible for themselves. And that's all there is to it. Now they're talking about coming back with another COVID relief package. Huh? They're, co- they're talking about coming back with another coronavirus relief package from Congress. So do we get another? Uh, yeah. Mid-September, they're looking uh, that that money's going to be gone. So uh, honestly, do you send it? Do you send the bill through? I mean, we know that it's going to go through the House, right? We, we know it's going to go through the House. Mm hmm. The Dems are trying. I mean, they've been trying to push what a, a three trillion, a, a two trillion, a one trillion, uh, a seven hundred sixty billion. Right? They've been trying to push through this this uh, ungodly amount of money and spending through. And what was it? The uh, what was the one we looked at? The three trillion one? 
it basically it nationalized everything. It, it nationalized the entire country, everything, all of it. And it gave everybody free broadband and free uh, everything. Yeah, GP's in so much disgust about what I'm saying. He's actually walked away. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's completely gone. Do we put through, uh, do we entertain another spending package from Congress? Because uh, we've thrown nine trillion at this problem. We've hit 27 trillion in the national debt range. Well, I mean, we're, we're at the point now where we're going to see hyperinflation. Do we send another spending bill through? You're nodding your head. Nope, we do not. And here's the thing. Here's why. Uh, first of all, uh, we, we I don't think we mentioned this part. Um, the bailout money that was given to the states and local levels, um, if they don't spend the money by December 30th, that money has to be returned. So that's why they're scrambling to spend all the money on, on pet projects that have nothing to do with COVID-19, which, by the way, if you're going to spend it on uh, non-COVID-19 related things, you should be given a bill with interest, like interest should be ticking over on it unless you pay it, pay it back to the American people, essentially. Um, but as far as uh, doing another one, only 25 percent of the money so far that was given for the bailouts, only 25 percent of it has been spent by the states. Twenty five percent. Why do they need more money? They haven't even spent what they were given to begin with. So, no, no more. You if your state's struggling, if your state ha- is having issue. Open up. Well, you know, a lot of that money is just a loan. Is allocation for loans? This is the weirdest thing I ne- I don't understand. Is for businesses, the, yes, for businesses, but that's the big portion of that bailout. A loan isn't a bailout. Why do they? Okay, we're specifically talking about states, though. The, the yes, states, the states like get, the government, the states have funding. I know they have funding. Yeah, yeah, and they have an allocation for loans. That's why they're not spending the money. No, 139 billion. Okay, so each state was given 150 billion. 139 billion of that was specifically for the states and local governments to uh, aid in public health. It wasn't. Oh, okay. It wasn't bailout of businesses. This isn't. This wasn't the uh, paycheck protection one. This is okay. the cares. Now that's where they're only the the governments, the local governments, have only spent 25 percent of it so far. So I, I'm with you though when it when it comes to businesses in that sense. Um, it, it was a loan. And there was a stipulation, I think, um, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure there was a stipulation that if you keep all your staff employed during uh, until September, you the, the loan was forgiven, basically, and you didn't have to pay it back. But most businesses couldn't last that long on the money that was given. So um, they, they have to essentially pay it back. And honestly, uh, we were talking about it off recording, I believe, uh, where where 80 percent of the um, restaurants have either shut down or have if if it's a chain 30, 30 to forty percent of those chains have had to shut down restaurants or excuse me those chains thirty to forty percent of their restaurants were shut down or something to that effect I I don't have the article in front of me to get the exact numbers but just of it is. We're seeing large numbers of shutdowns when it comes to restaurants, when it comes to, uh, you know, even theaters and stuff like that, that. That's really hurting their business. Like, what, what, are you, what are you supposed to do if there's no movies being produced and no movies at the theater, no sports? So you're losing money on restaurants and hotels. And I mean, all the stuff that you would normally see that runs business for like tourism is been crushed. And how are they supposed to make a recovery? They're not. They're they're talking about doing lockdowns again until next year. Fauci is saying we're not supposed to open up until a year after the vaccine has been out. So even if we get a vaccine out now, we can't open up until end of next year. It's because it's about the. It's it's not about the virus. They they, they don't care. It's it's about the great reset. It's about bulldozing the economy. See, in order for that, I said it yesterday, in order for that system to rise, in order for us to demand, in order for the people to demand that things establish themselves again, then the system has to be wrecked so much that people have to demand something be done in order to save it or stabilize it or bring and they're just going to have they're just going to have this new system all ready to go that you don't know anything about but they're out there publicly talking about it every day it's just that it's not being done on any mainstream news network because those people have been told to cover it up but if you want to know what's going on then you tune into alternatives like us like a lot of other people that are out there talking about it 
right? We're, we're bringing this stuff to the forefront. We're reading the documents that they themselves are being public about, but it's not being discussed on the television. And because it's not being discussed on the television, the average person doesn't know anything about it. That's why when I mentioned the Great Reset to somebody, because they were concerned about everything that was going on and they don't have time to do this and they're having to readjust their lives for this and they don't have time to homeschool their kids. And I said, do you know what this is all about? And they said, well, yeah, it's about Trump. That's what CNN says. It's about Trump, right? That's what Fox News says. It's about Trump. This is not about Trump, right? What happens in in Europe is not about Trump. What happens in in Mexico or what happens in Central and South America? That is not about Trump. What happens in Southeast Asia is not about Trump. What happens in America might be about it. They are using it for a political gain. That's for sure. There's no doubt about that. But when it comes to everything else, like Israel's locking back down, the UK is locking back down. I don't think that's got anything to do with Trump. They shut down the, the Hajj pilgrimage to Mecca in the Muslim world. That's not about Trump, I can assure you. Locking down Russia, Putin locking down Russia, that's not about Trump. So there's more to this than that. It's about the Great Reset. It's about resetting the world economy. They have screwed everything up. They screwed everything up 12 years ago, and they've been working on borrowed time. They can't go any further with it now. They've kicked that can so far down the road that it's a 55-gallon drum full of cement. They can't kick it any further. And on top of that, if they could, it wouldn't be able to go anywhere because they're out of road. This is why you have Neil Kashkari, the president or excuse me, the chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank in Minneapolis, who has come out. We talked about it yesterday, has come out calling for a six week hard lockdown. Why? Why? Same thing with Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank has come out and said publicly there will be more lockdowns in Europe because they have to bulldoze all businesses. They have to go. The economy has to collapse. They have to collapse it, but they have to do it while you're scared of something else. Because if they were just imagine for a moment, if you will, if there was no virus, imagine if there was no COVID, imagine, and they did this, you would react to that, wouldn't you? You would demand that those financial heads that have caused all this wealth, all this prosperity that's being destroyed, you would demand their heads on pikes as the people. They're going to go out there. They're going to steal your pension. They're going to take your house. They're going to take your car. They're going to take everything you got. And it's because you think you're afraid of a virus. They think that you have capitulated once that you'll continue to do it to do it. This is why I say that people have to ignore this. You have to ignore this. We have to stand up. We have to become politically aware and we have to see what the bigger agenda is here. Stop looking at this in terms of a, a simple politician being elected. Th- those people are, are, are on board with this. Most of the people that are in the political power structure, they're scared to death. They've already sold out to this. So we're the ones that are going to have to stand up and fix this. It's going to be us, the people. That's that's what it has to be. It can't be any other way. They're not going to fix it. The, the people that are in, in, in political office, they're not going to fix it. They're too afraid. Boris Johnson's talking about a six-month lockdown for the UK. They've already decided they're going to close pubs starting at 10 p.m. Uh, I think that starts on Friday. Where does it end? Where does it end? What, you're going to lock it all down for the cold and flu? I told you that was coming. I told you that was coming. I said they're holding the second wave for cold and flu season. Cold and flu season's here. And guess what? New rounds of lockdowns. It doesn't end till we say it ends. All right. Uh, before before I get any further on this, and I, I just I come on before I get really mad. <laughs> before I get really mad, uh, let's um, let's change up here. I, I, I talked to, I talked in the beginning about mask fanatics. Okay, you know the types, the the ones that are out there. That I, you know, I actually saw a video yesterday of a guy getting dragged out of a I think it was a parent teacher meeting, like a PTA meeting at a school in South Dakota. He got dragged out by the police because he wouldn't wear a mask. Are you kidding me? Have you lost your minds? And you know something? In South you ha- Dakota? In South Dakota. In South Dakota, a state wow. that didn't lock down. A state that, yeah, a state that just had Sturgis. A state that just had Sturgis. Yeah. You know, the, the 250,000 person bike rally, for God's sake. All right. Mask wearers, right? These uh, these people that uh, that are the fanatics about it, you know, the ones that will videotape you, you know, the the losers that have have really done nothing in their lives except be little pathetic tattletales and and uh, and don't know how to make friends. Uh, they just know how to, to wreck other people's lives. Yeah, that type. Yeah. So they're Karens. they're um, what's that? Karen's Karen's. Yeah. Yeah. Karen's. That's that's what it is. Karen seems to be a popular term. Uh, mask mm-hmm. fanatics. OK, like the woman that was screaming in the car yesterday about uh, Ruth Ginsburg dying. Yeah, that's a. Uh, that's a that's a mask. Fanatic. I'm surprised you didn't have one on. Uh, but this is uh, this is something that uh, that I saw about uh, being the fanatic uh, when it comes to this. Uh, and they say that um, it's nothing new for uh, political religions 
to produce radicals that develop their own sects or cults, which we talked about all this. We talked we talked in detail about we did two podcasts on this. Bruce and I did two podcasts on this. One was the psychological trauma of public health. Okay, that's the first thing. And the second one we did was uh, a real science or a real cult. And we talked about the symbolic nature of all this uh, this mask uh, wearing when it comes down to all this stuff. Uh, but this time around, rigid devotion uh, to enforce mask compliance has produced runaway fanaticism based on nothing but blind faith that more mask wearing is always better. What they talk about here is they talk about the evidence uh, and how abundant it is. But we have to consider these three cases of radical covidianism is what they're calling it. Covidianism and how they trace back to an abandonment of the scientific standards necessary to maintain public health and a functioning society. Okay, now th this is quite interesting. Okay, th for anyone that wants to see this, okay, this is a fantastic article. This is done by uh, Georgie Borman out of the Federalist. This is fantastic how she put this together. But number one, ignore the dangers of mask wearing while exercising. Okay, I can attest to that. I actually wore a mask today while I was exercising. Not that kind of mask. Not the kind you see out there. Thanks, GP. Not the kind you see out there with, um, you know, the, these people wearing in the stores and the businesses and things like that. Not that. This was a this was an altitude training mask, GP. You know what I'm talking about. The kind that, you know, sports, pe or mm. sports people wear if you're in training. Yeah. In fact, I have one on my shelf over here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, they're, they're really good. It does give you a, a fantastic workout. But you have to do them in a controlled manner. It, it's not as... It's, it has nothing to do with like a, a medical side of it or anything like that. It's it's something completely different. It simulates being at altitude and you're in a training environment when it comes to that. So it's a completely different thing. But ignore the dangers of masks while exercising. I see people that wear masks while exercising. That is so dangerous because they talk in, in this article about how the sweating, right, the saturation in the mask itself will actually cause the, the mask be, to become jammed up and it will actually cut your oxygen almost completely off until you have to rip the thing off your face. The one that I use is completely different. The one that GP uses is completely different. These are plastic. They're designed to let the air in and out. They're designed to not get clogged up. Completely different piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. They talk here. She makes reference here to uh, Gretchen Whitmer, which was uh, Bruce. You brought her up about how great of a governor she is. Uh, she signed an executive order last week requiring all non-professional sports players to wear masks. Athletes, except for swimmers, must wear masks while training for, practicing for, or competing in an organized sport if they cannot constantly maintain six feet of social distance. There are no age-specific exceptions in the requirement, so it appears Whitmer's mask mandate for children five years old and over applies. Not only does the order contradict guidance from so-called experts who say people exercising should not wear masks because sweat can clog the mask fibers and make breathing difficult, as well as promote growth of microorganisms. But it overwrites Whitmer's own order speci specifying that masks do not have to be worn during exercise when wearing a face covering would interfere with the activity, which is exactly what I said. It would cause the the, the, the all the, um, uh, the pores in the mask to become saturated with uh, excess amounts of moisture and it would clog everything up. And it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Uh, football, basketball, tennis... Soccer, lacrosse, and other sports that aren't golf or bowling don't qualify as an exercise that a mask would interfere with, and that is beyond rationality. The science of sweat droplets clogging up mask fibers doesn't change if a person is exercising by themselves or in a competitive setting. Yet one can see in these orders the progression away from science towards the fanatical desire to control people's behavior regardless of the danger. All true. While Whitmer says masks allow sports to resume, her requirement will likely mean the exactly the opposite as playing creates a health risk instead of a health benefit. Second, this is an interesting one. GP, maybe you can comment on this one. Mask babies. Mm -hmm. They talk about putting masks on infants. When I say infants, I'm talking about uh, you know one and a half year olds. Yeah, that's still an infant, in mm -hmm. my opinion. A WestJet flight was canceled last week because a 19 month old could not keep her mask on, despite the fact that infants and toddlers simply aren't spreading anything. There's no there's no cases that we've seen. I don't think I don't think there's any deaths that we know of between the ages of zero and 18. I don't think uh, zero and eleven. Zero and eleven. There's is there one the, between zero and eleven? No, 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 no. The death, the zero eighteen is not true. The zero eleven. Okay. We have a zero twelve year old that had some serious health condition issues. Uh huh. That's one. And then we had uh, several. I don't even want to get into their cause. Okay, all right. But their, the fact is, that the, gang, the numbers are gang related, but there's COVID. It's gang okay, related, but, the, but it was considered COVID. Okay, yeah, comorbidity. Okay, so the 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 numbers are extremely low. Almost nothing, right? Almost nothing. Do, Almost nothing. nothing. Might, as well just, nothing. might as well be nothing. 
They okay. might as well be nothing. So it's not enough to justify having a 19 month old wear a mask on an airline. Which airline was this? WestJet. Okay. Uh, was it one of their little craft? Um, no. Transport Canada's official guidance for travelers says explicitly the following people should uh, the following people should not wear a mask. Children under the ages of two. Yet WestJet crew members, according to uh, Chowdhury, uh, wrongly cited this is in Canada, I guess, uh, wrongly cited the guidance as requiring an infant to wear a mask. Official rules are apparently no hindrance to mask crusaders who will defend their universal masking standard to point out the canceling of a flight. So they shut down the whole flight mm -hmm. and they had the police on there to drag them out of there. I, I can clearly see them. There's a video of this, too. It's just it's ridiculous. Number three. I love these people. I love these people. Wear a mask when you're alone. The Department of Natural Resources, right? The DNR. I think that's what it was. Mm -hmm. They came out with a requirement for their all their employees because they're all working from home now. Everyone's telecommuting, okay, because of COVID. So if you're a Department of Natural Resources employee, you now have to wear a mask on the Zoom call, even if you are at home alone. That is a requirement. So, uh, GP, right now, if we were all Department of Natural Resources employees and the three of us were having a meeting, all of us would have to wear masks on this call. Okay, I, I'll give you the, the reason behind it, why they're doing it. You know why, correct? Not, and don't give me this, you know, mind control. No, it's because of anxiety. What has happened to our society is we've become so in tune to, if, I don't, if you don't wear a mask, you're going to kill me. You're going to wask, you're going to kill me. So when people don't see each other with a mask on, the anxiety starts to build. And it will start to create a, uh, a mental, uh, you'll have some mental challenges going on. And that's what they're just trying to avoid. Because I would argue that they've created mental challenges by by creating this environment. I, you know, if I'm I'm so petrified, what's going to happen next year? Because we have destroyed an entire economy that start. You know, none of these people. Ninety nine percent of Americans have not gone through the things that have gone through in Central South America. Some of the things I've seen in Southeast Asia, parts of Central Africa. They've never seen that. They don't know what starvation is. They don't know what it's like to really be without. You know, you you put you take down cell signal and everyone's losing their freaking minds. You lose power for a couple hours and people are like ready shooting their neighbors. Go months. You're down in, you know, or well goes dry. I mean, gee me, Christmas. Freaking digging a well is a nightmare. But you know, when you lose water. The depression that that sets in—that's misery. This this stuff. The Americans are so spoiled. They they just they're like. If you've ever seen the Hunger Games, they're like those audience people, those people that just can't understand the tragedies and things that go on with the world around them. They think they're so civilized, but they're actually not. It, it's tough. I it's tough. Well, I mean, it's a similar situation here. They they think they're so civilized, and yet we're seeing how society society's reacting right now. Riots in the streets over what? Nothing. Mm -hmm. Literally. The things that they say are going on aren't going on. The people that complain that Trump is going to destroy this company are the, this country are the people that are destroying this country. Yes. A self-fulfilling prophecy of some sort. I, I, I don't I don't understand, you know, and then they use that evidence to show that it's Trump's fault. I'm just baffled by it. It's like me grabbing a vase and saying Trump is going to destroy this vase and I smash it on the ground. And then I go, see, it's Trump's fault. I stay, he smashed my vase. But OK, I can. I he can had nothing to do with your vase. Well, no, that, that's not true. That's not true, because liberal logic would would suggest that because Trump is there in your mind, he caused you to get into that state of mind, which made you grab the vase and destroy it. So therefore, it is Trump's yes. fault. That's liberal logic. Mm -hmm. that's, that's not uh, when I really would like a new word for liberal versus. It's not right. It's not right because we're all are. classical liberals. We're all classical. They're liberals. fascist. They are honest. Yes. Gosh, yes. fascist because they yes. want all businesses controlled by one empire. They want all language controlled, but, you know, all dictated by them. They want all races controlled by them or, you know, in, in divisions and and one race is bad. The rest of them are good. And it's they want separate. You know, it's not even necessarily religion because some of them are just are religious fanatics. You know, so we've got they're fascists. They're straight up just fascist. These are not liberals. These are fascists. These are modern day fascists.
bastards. How hard is it to clean up your neighborhood? You know, if they spent the amount of energy that they're doing, I'm not going in the trash thing. I know you guys are all smiling. They think I'm going to go in the trash, garbage and graffiti no, I was, area. I was waiting for you to hold that for your final thought because I. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is we could have just all of us, all that energy spent, all those riots and, and, and graffiti. OK, all the destruction that they did. Imagine if they went from town to town painting and cleaning up the neighborhoods, buying a cup of coffee or a, a donut or a French fries, an order of French fries, just simple things from each one of those restaurants that they passed or a book from one of those bookstores. Or instead of, you know, getting loaded, they took that little loaded money and they helped the people that own theaters, your local family people. No, no, that's 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 not what we, they want. They want to destroy everything. It hurts. Hurts a lot. Hurts okay. every day. We but, are down to <laughs> we are down to time. We're down to time. But I wanted to go over this this last point here, uh, where it's a. It, this isn't actually. Uh, this isn't. Uh, there were only the three points there that uh, that she covered. But um, she was she was making the reference overall to to kind of give a synopsis. She was making the reference that these actions that are being taken by these three steps, it's the fanaticism that's uh, that's is is what it's all about, and. Uh, it's more than that. Um, it gets to a point where it becomes a, uh, you know, what she describes as a pseudoscientific fanaticism, which is what it is. It becomes a, a religion to them, which we talked about that in the two podcasts that I mentioned that we did previously. Again, go back and check those out. The psychological trauma of public health and real science or a real cult. I would encourage you if you're if you're concerned about all this mask nonsense, then I would advise you to go back and listen to those. Those are not opinionated. Those are I think that we did the one on the uh, on, on a report for, that was put out by Amnesty International and we made reference just to everything that we were seeing. And the second one was making reference to uh, what's listed in scientific journals and what's listed in encyclopedias about uh, how cults behave. And uh, and we made reference to the size, the poor size of masks. So that's uh, that's what we discussed there. But uh, again, she concludes here by saying mask fanatics are the real science deniers. I would argue that that's true, because every time you try and and push back against it, you always get hit with, oh, well, you're a science denier. You're a science denier. It's the same thing with climate change. It's the same thing with climate change. You deny that it's happening, then you're a science denier. And you hear the the Democrats and, and the left, the American left, doing what all this time? We believe science. We believe science. We're all about science. We're all about hard science. The media, same thing. Hard sciences. Look, I'm all about hard sciences. Give me the data. Give me the data. Good or bad, give it to me. Give it to me. I want to see it. We're all about numbers here, right? GP, you like mm -hmm. stats? Bruce, you like stats? I like stats. Give us the real hard sciences. We can agree on hard sciences. Okay. The fact is, is that they beat you over the head with hard science, but it's ginned up science. Lockdowns were once called an unproven hypothesis by the CDC. It's models of efficacy being invalidated by empirical data. The World Health Organization called forced isolation and quarantine ineffective and impractical, yet they're all for it now. Yet, despite the devastating effects of banning non-essential businesses and social activities, countries around the world locked down anyway. Based on who taking the lead? Yeah, the U.S. Group think on non-pharmaceutical interventions spurred an uncontrolled drift away from scientific justifications toward hasty generalized rules predicted on an abundance of caution and straight up fear. Fear quickly turned into a tool for maintaining political power and an opportunity for self-righteous snitches, people with cameras, to exercise control over their fellow countrymen. Yeah, that, you don't wear your mask. Guess what? Guess what? It's this the whole time. It's this. It's a damn camera stuck in your face because everybody's got a, everybody's got a, a camera phone now and it goes out live on Twitter and Periscope and all that crap. Facebook and you name it, you'll get doxxed, right? That's what's happening. Snitch level devotion to harsh government mandates devolved into a religion in its own right. And now we must suffer oppression, not just from authorities, but from private companies and our fellow citizens. One can draw numerous examples of the Covidian jihad. <laughs> I like that. Covidian jihad from any given week of these hellish past six months. But the progression is obvious. In April, a father was arrested for playing softball with his family in an open field in compliance with state orders. I remember that. Yeah. Do you remember when the, the guy was playing softball with his daughter in the park and the cops showed up and arrested him in front of his daughter, for God's sake? They were there alone. They were there alone. In July, a woman was berated by a fanatical old lady at the superstore for not wearing or excuse me, for not masking her children uh, who are at zero risk for spreading the virus. Now heading into the fall, people are being asked to wear masks alone in their homes, out in open parks 
and while exercising. They're supposed to strap them onto their infants and toddlers who are essentially at zero risk for spreading the the virus. Uh, And they aren't ever supposed to complain about dental problems, headaches, or dizziness while mask wearing because every good COVID Karen knows that masks are harmless. Ironically, not even the experts can keep pro-lockdown, pro-mask fanatics from harassing and endangering others. If you want to prevent this reality from becoming permanent, stand up to the bullies and stand firm on science, including voting out politicians who have abandoned science and recalling those who aren't up for re-election in November. And that's what I've said. You want this to end? Then it's our responsibility to make it end. You vote them out, you recall them and then vote them out. You go back to work, you open your business, you don't listen to these people. You make them arrest you, right? They're going to do it anyway. You make them arrest you. Make them bankrupt your business. I hate to say that, but you're going to get bankrupted anyway, either way you look at it. I mean, if it were me, if it were my business out there in the street, GP, you're a small business guy, right? You tell me if I'm wrong. If a government comes around and tells you to close your business, if they order you to close your business and you say, I'm not doing it. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to open my business because if I don't, my family's going to starve. They're going to bankrupt my business, whether they shut me down or whether they they find me or whatever. It's going to get shut down either way. At least I'm going to be able to make a stand, right? Isn't that what you would do? I mean, I would. I would say, okay, find mm-hmm. me, arrest me, do whatever you need to do. But I'm opening my business. Well, and that's what they've what some done is depending done. upon your type of businesses, though. It, it, I mean, they, yeah, they have, but they're giving you, but they're giving you a little bit of dollars. They're giving you unemployment if they. But close you got to pay. Down. You got to pay it back. That's the first thing. Second thing. Well, Walmart can stay open. There's Target one. can stay open. Yes, because you're not going to get it at a Target or a Walmart. You can. It's this thing is specific. This virus is specifically designed to be so intelligent that it can tell the difference between Walmart and a small business. It can tell the difference between Walmart and church. I mean, we see that all the time. How it only selects church. I mean, it really hasn't killed anyone in church. And all those people that have, that did the that have been rebelling in church, I mean, they all got it. They're fine. I mean, nobody got sick except for these three strange people that did a news thing on explaining how they got sick and their symptoms ranged from, you know, I felt like uh, I was euphoric. And another one was like, you know, their, their symptoms were so outlandish. I'm like, you should have read your script because apparently got to get it right. I don't know. They have actually had two pastors die. Two pastors die? Yeah, older and overweight and had other health issues. But yeah, they, they died of COVID-19. COVID-19. The, but All right. could they have gotten it from, where could they have gotten it from? I mean, technically the pastor. Walmart? Yeah, that, that's the thing is they could have gotten it anywhere. It depends on how the church is, because I know some churches are like, you'll greet them at the door and shake hands or whatever. But during the COVID stuff, they're not doing that. Everybody's more or less social distancing. Nobody's shaking hands, especially the older generation. They're all scared. And unfortunately, gentlemen, we have uh, we have run over today. Uh, but that's okay because we were graced with the presence of GP and he came in oh, late. Yeah. So we stayed over just for that. So thank you for coming in, GP. Appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Always a pleasure. We are going to have to jump out of here, but thank you guys for sitting down today. For those of you who have not and you'd like to, please do follow us or give us a follow over on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all of your feedback, your comments and your echoes and your likes. You can follow me over there at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, you can reach out to us any other time you'd like. If you don't want to reach out to us on social media, you can do so by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends and family. We're looking to grow our audience here as much as possible, and we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along to friends, family, known associates, uh, we would greatly appreciate that. We are on just about every single platform out there. I think our newest one is Audible from Amazon that just launched. Uh, We're available on all of their Echo devices, all of their Fire TVs, and the like. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, uh, you name it. SoundCloud is the only one we're not on because they just won't work with us. But if you could recommend us, we would appreciate that. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at the earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. GP, Bruce, thank you guys for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.